Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. We've always thought that the most compelling story strikes the perfect balance between an honest look at the mess of life and the humor that can be found in the mess. To be perfectly honest, we don't really know how to live life without both the humor and the authenticity. Our podcast might be a little bit of whiplash at times. We can spin from hard and deep to humor and laughing on a dime. The hard will be really hard and the truths we share are the ugliest of humanity. We don't intend to make it seem like it's all fine or to pretty up the pain, but we also know that the joy we found is all the more profound because of the pain. So we hope you can stick with us through the ugly because there will also be joy and hope and humor. Welcome to the ugly truth about the girl next door. Hi, welcome back to our podcast, The Ugly Truth About the Girl Next Door. I am Kate. And I'm Lori. Um, And we are back with another episode today. Um, First, we just want to comment on uh, the last couple of videos, reels, TikToks, (laughs) um, whatever you call them, um, that we've posted. Um, We were are blown away by the response that we've gotten to that, you know, we were very clear in an episode that if the threats continued to come, that we would begin naming buyers and offenders um, publicly. And so that was the goal of doing those videos, but never in a million years did we imagine um, the response that would come from that. Um, I mean, it's really been insane. Yeah. Like I just keep texting Lori and Christiana being like, what is actually happening right now? Like, what is this? Um, I actually like found TikTok by accident. <laughs> so how does that exactly happen by accident? Well, someone told me that we should put them on TikTok. And I was I really looked at it more as like the platform is better than Instagram Reels because you have three minutes versus 90 seconds. And so like it's very hard for me to get all this information into 90 seconds. And I so I was like, oh, let me just check this out. Whatever. I signed up for an account, um, uploaded our the one video that we had done just to see like how the platform works and like within an hour like 300,000 people had viewed it and I was like oh no like what I, was I sure oh, about boy. this like I don't even know um so yeah and then the next one that we did we we did decide to do on TikTok again it's just a, a you know better video platform and um within 24 hours we had a million views which is just absolutely like I can't even believe that I'm saying that um, to have gone from when we started the podcast being like, oh, five people. Oh, listened. my gosh. And it was all Patrick's family. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Aunt Patty listened five times. <laughs> Christiana's sister, somebody did ask her. Or no, I think it was her boyfriend. Um, she said that TikTok had like 100,000 views at, when we first posted. And he was like, how many of those are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're just really blown away. And I guess I also feel the feel compelled to make the statement that um, while that's happening and while for, you know, safety purposes and um, Silas, you can't be like Silas sitting, is literally trying to like, climb across yeah, me to get he has gate. words to say. In the and microphone. now he's trying to work the computer. Yeah. OK. Speak really. your piece, Silas. Yeah. OK. Um, cut it out, everyone. I will bite you. <laughs> for anyone listening and jumping into this, Silas is Lori's dog who is like obsessed with me. So mm-hmm. there's that. It's true. Um. Anyways, this, you know, while we're thankful for the incredible like outpouring of support and the million views and all the things, it's it's such a catch 22 for me because I never, ever, ever want anybody to think that we are doing these things or making these reels 
out of the intent to get attention in a bad way. The intent is to draw attention to the situation because like we keep saying, there are strength in numbers. And the more people that are aware, the safer I can be as well as the safer other people can be, right? I mean, there's children in these offenders' lives that we mm-hmm. know about. And so in order to then keep them safe, right? It's the strength in numbers concept that we keep talking about. Um, but it's always that like inner dialogue. <laughs> Do you like that I said that? Nice. Oh my God, remember? <laughs> That inner dialogue. Of, she loves all the therapy words. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> Dodged a bullet with. <laughs> just kidding. Um, that inner dialogue, though, of like, I am happy to have this much support and this many people, and like, okay, this is strength in numbers, and like, yes to all of the media requests, and yes to all of the things because this is how, like, this is our path forward. And those little kid parts of me that are like oh my God, like, we don't do this. We need to stay silent. We need to keep this secret. And what will people think? And the voices in my head. that no one will believe you. Yeah, the narrative is, you know, you always just wanted attention. You've always been dramatic, right? And so it's hard for me to kind of live in these two worlds um, with all of the the things happening in my brain. Um, So that's just, I guess, needed to be said um, kind of thing, but also just, Super, super grateful for, um, yeah, for the outpouring of support and for the people that are kind of, and, you know, honestly for, I can't even tell you how many comments I've read that are saying, I'm a survivor too. Mm-hmm. I'm a victim too. I was sexually assaulted too. Thank you for speaking up and using your voice because I couldn't, or I tried and, and nobody listened, you know? Thank um, you for saying, we've heard this so much saying, thank you for saying the words that I either couldn't find or couldn't imagine ever saying to another human. Yeah. And to be honest, like I get that. Like I know that right now, like we're making reels and we're having a podcast and we're using those and doing that. But we've shared pretty explicitly at the end of all of this is the crash, right? Like this is not easy um, to do or to say. And a friend of mine who, you know, really was kind of talking me through a lot of this stuff before I ever even met Lori and who, you know, encouraged me to find Lori, um, just talked to me yesterday and said, I like am blown away because you couldn't even like, like verbalize like little things to me. And now here you are publicly stating what happened to you. And like, I'm just, this is amazing. Um, so we're really thankful. Um, and this is really hard. Those two things are both true. Which is, I feel like, kind of the theme of today is yeah. that things can be, this is true and that is true and that is true, even if they seem somewhat contradictory, um, but they're not. Yeah. Um, so that being said, with this episode, we kind of want to just um, sort of address some of the things that are going on in the current media right now with other things. Um, which also kind of addresses a lot of the same, keep getting kind of the same questions over and over again. And so um, today maybe just kind of talking again about law enforcement and about um, our goal and our intentions here and the different things that can be true in parallel. Um, Right. So why are we taking such a public platform with this? Um, Well, first off, Um, Kate's been in contact with some other survivors across the country who 
are ahead of her on the journey. We've said it before. And what they have said repeatedly is the path, the best path to safety is to be as loud as you can for as long as you can. And so this is us being as loud as we can for as long as we can. We will continue. Mm -hmm. Um, The, a lot of people have asked us about law enforcement and we're going to continue to talk about how law enforcement takes time. Um, And we've talked about the statistics before, but I'm going to again say that the organization RAIN, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization, their statistic that they cite is that out of every 1,000 instances of rape, only 13 cases even get referred to a prosecutor and only seven cases will lead to a felony conviction. So we- Hear that, hear that again. Out of every 1,000 instances of rape, 13 get referred to a prosecutor and seven will lead to a conviction. That is mind bending, like mind bending. Mm -hmm. And yet that's the statistic. And yet we continue to field the questions of like, where is law enforcement? Right. Well, okay. It takes time. It's not, we're not saying that there's not a process. No. We're just saying it takes time and it's complicated. It takes time when it's a, you know, basic is the wrong word, but when it's a straightforward sexual assault. It takes time when it's straightforward child abuse. But we're talking about decades of abuse, decades of different levels of trauma, multiple offense. I mean, literally multiple, multiple. The whole system in place. Yeah. This is not something that's an open shut type of like, of case. This is not one, you know, yeah, it, it takes time and time is of the essence. So yeah. So again, go back and listen to our step up episode where we talk a lot about the role that regular people play in overall safety and justice. We've said again, over and over, yes, justice would be great, but safety is our first priority. So safety for the community, safety for Kate, safety for potential victims, safety first, justice second, but go back and listen to the reality of how difficult it can be to get justice even when there's so much information. Right. Through the criminal justice system. (laughs) Right. Right. Which really brings us to, so recent developments like in the NFL, honestly, um, just, I feel like it's very timely that we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. It's a great Um, example. mm -hmm. So me, are you? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. You're on a roll. So, all right. I'm on a roll. All right. So, okay. We are from Buffalo. And so we are like, Oh, he, okay. Pause. Okay. Sorry. You were on a roll, but now I got to interrupt okay. you. Um, it like, sh- people are like, again, this TikTok thing, who even knew? But like, we need to be clear that we're from Buffalo, New York. Right. Not Minnesota. That's, which is like wild because again, <laughs> we started with five listeners who were all Patrick's family. And so like, we didn't need to say that. But like Christiana said to me, she's like, you need to be clear that you're talking about Grand Island, New York in the United States. Right. <laughs> she's right. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Yes, people are like love from Ireland. I'm right. like, what, what yeah. time is it even there? <laughs> anyway, okay, continue. Yes. Buffalo, New York. We are from Buffalo, New York, and so we are Bills fans, and we are going to talk about the Bills situation. But first, um, so recently what has happened is the NFL has reinstated Deshaun Watson, who started quarterback for the Cleveland Browns for the first time after an 11-game suspension. On So on December 4th, he started after 11-game suspension. That suspension was the result of more than two dozen women accusing him of sexual misconduct during massage appointments. 
as part of his penalty for multiple violations of the league's personal conduct policy. Watson was also required to pay five, a $5 million fine and participate in a behavioral treatment program as a condition of his return. Okay, so of course he has denied the accusations, blah, blah, blah. Of course he did. Um, and he has requested he requested a trade from the tech the Texans in early 2021, shortly before a lawsuit was filed against him. Okay, so after that, so he settled with 23 of his accusers this past summer, summer of 2022. Um, also, two Texas grand juries were convened and declined to indict him on criminal charges. Now, I have to read this statement. So after one of the grand juries declined to indict him in March of 2022, the Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg said, and I quote, you can Google it, I quote, we respect our justice process. I love the law. It's designed to get to the truth. That's really what people want. I don't think as a culture we can live with injustice. Remember, a grand jury no bill is not an exoneration. People, even when they clear the criminal justice system, often face accountability and repercussions in other parts of our legal system. And so I think to determine whether justice was done in this case, you're going to have to wait and see how it all comes out on the civil side of things. And then through the NFL on the administrative side of things, and then the people will determine whether that's justice. Now, I just have to say, <clears throat> I find it difficult to see how it is justice that the Browns traded for Watson in March of 2022, sending the Texans three first round draft picks, which I don't know, football people, I guess oh, they understand that. Means, that. Okay, whatever. Okay. Cool, cool. They, they traded three first round draft picks and Cleveland, okay, this part, how is this justice? They signed Watson to a five-year deal worth $230 million guaranteed. That is the richest contract in NFL history for a man who is under this cloud of accusation about sexual misconduct. Yep. How is that justice? And oh, by the way, Watson will lose only $345,000 with his suspension unchanged because his base salary this season is $1.35 million. Jeez. His $45 million signing bonus in, is not affected by the suspension. How could that possibly be justice? Right. Right. How? It's, yep. it's disgusting to me. Shame on you, Cleveland. Shame on you. Yep. Okay. Now I'll, I will kind of counterpose these things, right? Mm -hmm. Because Matariza, um, the punter once known as the punt God, he was selected by Buffalo in the sixth round of the NFL draft. However, he was cut by the team in August of 2022 within two days of a lawsuit being filed, addressing allegations that Ariza and two San Diego state teammates gang raped a then 17 year old girl during a campus party the year before. Um, now, the now 18-year-old woman alleged that Ariza, who was then 21, had sex with her in the yard of a house near the San Diego State campus on October 17th of 2021. It's also alleged that he brought her inside the house where she claims she was later raped by Ariza and two teammates. Um, so the suit also states that the woman, who was a minor at the time, immediately reported the rape to friends and in turn to the police the very next day. Ariza was never arrested or charged following her complaint, and the allegation itself wasn't disclosed to the public until the filing of the civil suit back in August. Okay, so we have to address that. So to address the people who wonder why the suit was filed when it was, well, the, the young woman, they call her Jane Doe, it's because she was a minor at the time, her name is not made public. So Jane Doe's attorney had already reached out to the police and to the Buffalo Bills, without any appropriate action prior <laughs> to the filing of the civil suit. So we are here to kind of give the bills credit for the fact that 
when the civil suit was filed, they did the right thing and they cut Matariza. Unlike the Cleveland Browns, who apparently like want to pay big dollars to yeah. bring this person into their franchise. Okay, yuck. Um, but the Bills, to their credit, did in fact cut him. Um, unfortunately, it's just too bad that it took getting to that point because the Bills knew before they even signed right. him, they knew that this allegation was out there. Can I make a quick parallel comparison sure. here? So we're actually dealing with the same thing with the chapel right now mm. in that chapel did nothing. We went to them, gave them all the information, all the, you know, these people, these things, all the details went through months of hell dealing with them back and forth. And then really kind of nothing happened. This very passive, you know, well, hindsight is twenty twenty. you know, we're going to put up a super cute new web page about it, blah, blah, blah. Now, how many months later, Lori and I have a million views on TikTok and we're calling out offenders and calling out all the people and all the systems that have failed. And all of a sudden now the chapel is saying, well, just so you know, we asked Ed Asbach not to be in our building. Like props to them, right? Too little, too late, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, again, props to the Bills that they did the right thing because there are certainly NFL teams who have not done the right thing. Um, and so they did break the mold a little bit on that because they could have just said, we don't care. We're going to keep him because he's a great player. And they didn't. And that's great. But again, they knew about the allegations. And it wasn't until this girl went through the hell of a civil suit that they finally said, oh, maybe we don't want this bad press. Right. So to the point that people who are thinking that the criminal prosecution side of things is the end all and be all. No, no. <laughs> Often a civil suit is the only path to justice available to rape victims because in truth, right, the um, San Diego police have declined to press charges to follow through with a criminal prosecution against Matt Ariza. Now, following an investigation with where they said that they were not going to, here's what the DA reported from San Diego. She said, he said, I don't even know if it's a know. he or she. Anyway, the DA in San Diego said, it's important to note that the criminal justice system and the civil court process are very different with different burdens of proof. The DA's office must rely on facts and evidence and not on civil filings or other reports in the media if not verified by admissible evidence. Again, pay attention to that word. Mm -hmm. The experts, the expert and experienced team of deputy district attorneys and DA investigators reviewing this case have been thorough, thoughtful, and careful to take the constitutional and statutory rights of all involved into consideration before concluding that the DA's office cannot ethically file criminal charges in this matter. The DA Sex Crimes and Human Trafficking Division regularly files and prosecutes sexual assault cases, bringing perpetrators to justice. The conclusions reached in this review are specific to this incident and should not discourage any victim from coming forward and reporting a crime to law enforcement. Would you like to comment on that? <laughs> Except that it does, because not only is it, are we saying here, I'm showing here examples of when the criminal prosecution is like not the sale on the end all and the police are not the sale on the end all. It's a hugely horrifying process to walk through. So putting yourself as a victim who's already been victimized, who's already been through trauma, who already has all the reasons to be nervous, like they're not going to believe me because that's what they already, that's what my abuser said for my entire life, or I'm going to be in trouble. That's another one that they said my entire life. If you tell, then you're going to be in trouble, right? All of that going on in my head. And then 
to have this process be what it is and still not be the say on the end all and, and still there be just this no help. Great, yeah. You feel completely like why I the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right. Um, so yeah. Why put yourself through that? So, right. Okay. But you still do, (sighs) but you do, right. You definitely do, but it's hard. It's hard. And so for people again, online who are saying like, where's law enforcement? Well, it takes time and it's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Okay, so the Buffalo News reported on this situation on December 7th, and Dan Gillian, who is the attorney for Jane Doe, the teen in San Diego, said on Twitter that the decision by prosecutors will have no effect on their civil lawsuit against Ariza and two of his former San Diego teammates. To quote, he said, the lawsuit we filed is not in the criminal justice system. It's a different ballgame here. The victim is represented and the focus is on the harm defendants caused her. It is only in the in the civil system that a victim of sexual assault can get justice. And we plan to do just that. Yep. Right. So that is the reality. So all of you who are listening, wondering about law enforcement, law enforcement takes time. It is incredibly complicated. We've said it many times. The burden of proof is so high in the criminal justice system. And it is part of the protections that are in place in our constitution. And we're grateful for that. However, we have to stop thinking that a criminal prosecution is the thing that decides whether something actually happened. We also have to stop thinking, and we've said it repeatedly, that police and law enforcement are a 45-minute TV episode mm-hmm. where Olivia Benson catches the guy and arrests him within two days. There's That's not how it works, right? And for people who are saying, have you reported this to police? Have Where are the police in all of this? They're there. There, it, that's parallel, right? But one, it takes time. Two, there's no Olivia Benson, whose entire job is to focus only on this case. And three, even just getting an arrest takes time and thought and process and a million layers of red tape and you, all the things, right? So please, before you comment those things, I, I do think that a lot of those comments come from a place of just like, oh my gosh, like, how is this not, like, how are these men not arrested? Because it's terrifying to know that they're out on the street somewhere. And we could not agree with you more. We get that. But at the same time, it sometimes comes off as like, we're not doing the right thing and just letting law enforcement take its process. Law enforcement can take its process and is taking its process. And we are still also going to do our process (laughs) because- We have to. We have to. We have to. Time is of the essence and we have to. Right. So I think we have to just, I think, continue to talk about that the reason we will be continuing the process of naming names is because in the own words of the criminal prosecutors, that process is not the final answer about justice. No. Sometimes justice is about a criminal prosecution and sometimes it's about a civil lawsuit. Sometimes it is the public outing of a pedophile. So all of his neighbors know mm-hmm. who he is. Yep. Sometimes, unfortunately, it is about a family breaking apart because the family will not keep the offender away. And sometimes it's actually about the family keeping the offender away to protect the vulnerable. Yep. And that's justice. Those are all various ways that justice can look. And sometimes those things are happening in parallel. And sometimes one process, one path is not actually a path forward and the other paths have to kind of take a front row. Right. Yeah. And it's all, like you said, intersecting and happening in parallel. So what we do need to say, though, is that with 
the explosiveness of the things that we're sharing, um, which more to come, right? I We haven't posted this yet, but I did get another threat. And so we will be posting another name. Um, but we cannot have vigilante justice happening. Um, we are not looking to rile up the community to violence. We are looking to rile up the community about awareness and about taking a stand about things like call your senator, call your law enforcement agencies, call your local pastors, right? Absolutely. Media yeah. outlets because we're getting Call calls. media outlets, <laughs> right. We absolutely are trying to rile, looking to rile the public up on those fronts. But as far as things like posting these offenders' addresses, as far as things of, you know, threatening actual violence, no, we we can't condone no. that. We're really asking people, please don't go rogue and and suggest violence. I really don't need law enforcement showing up on my front door being like, so what happened here? Right. <laughs> um, well, and violence does not, should not beget more violence. No, How is that a solution yeah, to anything? It's not a solution. That's not that. That's not what we're asking for. We are hoping again, to make people aware, to raise it. We're also hoping, honestly, in this process that these offenders are going to eat each other alive. Like that's really the goal here is like, okay, so how many is it going to take, right? How many names do we have to put out there before they start eating each other alive? I also really quickly want to address the reason why we're not releasing all the names. We've already addressed it in a previous episode, but I want to say again, because people are getting a little upset that we're not just like sending out a list. We hold this list as part of our protection. Mm -hmm. So to do that, then shows all of our cards. And for personal safety reasons, I can't do that. Um, so the way that we're doing it is strategic and it is what is going to work, what is working. And everybody just needs to hang on for that. <laughs> and we have already done, for those of you jumping in, we've already done the best we can to find out if known offenders are serving with children. Right? Yeah, and have done absolutely. what we could to stop that. And we've given names to law enforcement, to leaders, people who matter. But to release them to the public, that's a different line that we, you know, we're doing it the way that we're doing it intentionally. So please just know that and stick with us on that. Yeah. So in terms of the sticking with us, right, um, it's important for us to just remember, like, I know that it would be tidy if this was a TV show. It'd be so much tidier to just hand it all over to law enforcement, let Olivia Benson figure it all out. And I can like, I don't know, click over to another show and then come back and find out what's the outcome. But that is not real life. <laughs> right. Okay. In real life, we, I don't know, in our society, we have a really short attention span, yeah. right? And this kind of a situation, you have to have a long enough attention span to stick around and see safety and justice handled, yeah. right? We know we have said over and over law enforcement takes time, but we are not going to sit around and wait while that process happens. That process is happening but these people continued to threaten and attempt to int intimidate Kate into silence. Done. It's over. It's done. Yep. So we will not stand down. <laughs> I keep saying we're at like a standstill of tug of war, right? But if we flinch, they win. They will gain ground. If they flinch, we gain ground. So we're not flinching. We're and not. that is really, really hard to do and to say. And we are tired. Um, but those offenders out there who are either listening or your people are listening, because I know you're hearing about this, for God's sake, get on the case of the people who are behind this and make it stop. If you don't want your name put out there, you just might want to tell them to stop. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Seems reasonable. It does seem reasonable, but we know these are not reasonable people. No, these are not reasonable people. These are sociopathic people. So we'll just keep going. We keep going. That's what we keep saying, right? We are continuing to go. Yep. So, so thank you again for all the amazing support. We are working our way through a lot of it, but um, yeah, thank you. It's been really, oh, wow. Like, wow. I, who knew, you know? Who knew? <laughs> If you or someone you know is stuck in a trafficking situation and needs help, please reach out to the National Human Trafficking Hotline by calling 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733.